0: This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Weiner. Thirteen House Republicans have all announced their retirements in the past several weeks. They don't want to run for re-election in 2020 when Trump will be at the top of the GOP ticket. They're a diverse group and include moderates as well as conservatives, some newcomers, some with decades of seniority. They include two of the party's 13 women and its only African-American congressman. How much can Democrats hope to gain from this development? For comment, we turn to John Nichols. Of course, he's National Affairs Correspondent for The Nation and host of the Next Left podcast. John, welcome back.
1: It's good to be here you, my friend.
0: The New York Times reported that most of these people were not expecting to be defeated in 2020. A majority of those who have announced their retirements had safe seats in Republican districts and could easily have been reelected. So why did they throw in the towel? Well, I think that there's two
1: factors here that are important to, to put in the mix. First off is that in a normal election, they definitely have safe seats. But there are no guarantees in any election that Donald Trump is a participant in that it will be a normal election. (laughs) And so these are career politicians by and large. They know their way around the game. At least some of them are looking at the prospect that 2020 could be a wave election year, a year in which uh, people vote overwhelmingly to get rid of a president Whose approval rating often dips into the 30s. Second, I think a lot of these people are just sick and tired of working in this Congress with this president, and frankly, with a leadership that is, you know, ridiculously deferent to this president. The group of them, you find quite a few that they are people who actually like serving in Congress, who sort of accepted the the traditional concepts of it, and so much of it is blown up now. And I think, frankly, quite a few of them are saying, I just don't want to do this anymore.
0: Well, maybe the best example of that type of Republican who's resigning is Jim Sensenbrenner from your own state of Wisconsin. He's the second most senior member of the House. It's been his life for decades. He will have served for 42 years. Last year, he won reelection with 62% of the vote. His district Starts in the Republican suburbs west of Milwaukee. What can you tell us about Jim Sensenbrenner and his decision to throw in the towel?
1: Well, first and foremost, sixty-two percent of the vote is not not a big number for Jim Sensenbrenner. <laughs> so you know it's been getting closer up there. Uh, that district is you know one of the classic gerrymandered districts, not just in Wisconsin but in America. Uh, this is a guy who has had a lot of power in Congress. He's older now, and you know at some point he probably was going to retire but might not be retiring if, say, a Mitt Romney was president of the United States, right? Or even if if uh, a Hillary Clinton was president of the United States, because in that circumstance, uh, Sensenbrenner, a, a classic man of Congress who has a little bit of an independent streak, would be kind of in his element. One of the really interesting things about him is that he has historically been the most ardent supporter of the Voting Rights Act wow. among Republicans. Wow. Yeah. He worked very, very closely with John Conyers when they were both on judiciary uh, for renewal of the Voting Rights Act. He has, even in recent years, as other Republicans have abandoned the issue, uh, continued to be quite good on it. So he had a little bit of independence to him. Very, very conservative, very right-wing not somebody that you want to get all excited about, Um, not even like a Justin Amash type character, but not somebody who is a rubber stamp for Donald Trump.
0: Well, the biggest group of Republicans who are resigning or retiring is from Texas. There are 10 Texas Republicans in the House who have announced their retirement since the 2016 election, we're calling it the Texodus. It's the Democrats' greatest dream to turn Texas blue. Demographically, Texas most resembles California, which of course is deep blue. Do you think the departure of 10 Texas Republicans from the House suggests that at least they think politics in the state is finally shifting to the left?
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do think that that a lot of them are aware of it. Remember, Texas is a huge state. It was its own country for a while. And so as a result, um, it's, it's got a lot of distinctions within it. And there are still going to be parts of Texas that are extremely right-wing, extremely Republican for a very long time. But the overall tenor of the state is shifting. And despite radical gerrymandering of congressional districts for a long time, the simple reality is... That you have such a a growing population of Latinx peoples and uh, people of color, uh, African Americans, Asian Americans, uh, young people who are moving to these booming cities, and and just old school Texas liberals, of which there are always a lot, you know, more than more than uh, some people remember. This is the state of Ann Richards and uh, Jim Hightower. You're seeing that there's clearly something happening there. Beto O'Rourke. Uh, almost got elected to the U.S. Senate, and even in losing in 2018, you saw a big shift in congressional races across the state, uh, a very big shift in legislative races, and then down into local contests for the judiciary um, where, for instance, in in some of your bigger cities, you saw the election of a lot of Democrats, a lot of African-American women, Uh, to judicial posts in in the uh, Houston area. And so things are happening there. And I think that a number of these, again, career politician Republicans are looking at a reality uh, that is shifting. And interestingly enough, a lot of that shift is taking place in near-in suburbs. The big cities in Texas tend to be pretty Democratic already. Uh, The rural areas, tend to be pretty Republican, except for the Latino rural areas. But in these near-end suburbs, which in Texas a lot of congressional districts are based around, those have been Republican for a long time. They are precisely the kind of places where you see uh, a changing demographic and a changing politics.
0: Let's talk for a minute about Will Hurd. He's from Texas. He's the only elected black Republican in the House. He's from districtists of San Antonio and a long part of the Mexican border. Will Hurd almost lost in 2018 to Gina Ortiz Jones, the Democrat who's an Iraq war vet and former Air Force intelligence officer. She announced she was going to challenge him again in that period where he, before he announced he was pulling out, he became one of only three Texas Republicans who condemned Trump's racist tweet that demanded that the four Democratic Congresswomen of color go back to their countries of origin. But after that, Will Hurd said he was quitting, looked to me and a lot of other people like he was, he decided he was going to lose to Gina Ortiz-Jones. What do you make of that race? I
1: think that's exactly right. I think that uh, Will Hurd,
0: who's, you know,
1: has been, more of a moderate Republican, and has worked very hard to, to connect with his district, put probably more effort in than, than most members of Congress. Just saw the, the writing on the wall from the 2018 race, a presidential race, where I think there, in 2020, where there will be, I think, quite a bit of attention on Texas. Uh, potentially even a Texan on the ticket raises the prospect of a shift in that district. And I think that Heard saw that coming but also, I think there's something else, too. Will Hurd, like Justin Amash, like a number of other uh, Republicans who are, have been kind of on the outside of the current party, the outside of the current politics, I think has grown very frustrated with with the circumstance that he's in. And, you know, I think that his vote, for instance, on the racist tweet was sincere. You know, this is a guy, is a guy struggling with his place in the Republican
0: Party. The big picture of the 293 Republicans in Congress when Trump took office, about a third of them are already gone because they lost re-election or just decided to leave office of their own accord, or they have now announced their retirement. A third of the Republicans in Congress, that's massive. It's certainly changing the Republican Party what are the changes exactly? The people who
1: do think for themselves a little bit. They're, they're maybe still very conservative. There may be people, John, that you or I might disagree with on a long list of issues. But you still find some place where you can oh, you know, Justin Mosh, you can work with him on, on a war and peace issue, as, as Barbara Lee and others have. Uh, will Hurd. You can work with him on an education issue or uh, even an immigration issue, as, as others have. These are the people that are leaving, and the unfortunate reality is that in overwhelmingly Republican districts, they will probably be replaced by folks who are more aligned with the kind of the Trump vision of the party. And in swing districts, they will that you know I think. Uh, something that a lot of listeners may think of as a much more positive result, be replaced by a Democrat. But the end result here, no matter how you analyze it, is that, you know, you're losing the people in the Republican Party who might have worked across lines of difference. And you're seeing this transformation of the Republican Party into something that is much more a reflection of Donald Trump, not not a conservative party in many senses, but a Trumpist party in many senses. And um, frankly, that's not good for, that's really not good for our politics.
0: One more thing. Do you think this is the end of the exodus of Republican incumbents in Congress, or will there be more?
1: There will be more. Um, we're going into a very, very volatile year. And we, you know, punditocracy uh, of this country is already, like, they want to make all kinds of predictions about 2020. Uh, there's a lot we don't know. And there's a lot of things that will become more clear as we go on. We're literally talking on the day uh, when the President's national security apparatus is you know crumbling around him and his Secretary of Commerce is in trouble for politicizing the weather. You know I mean, <laughs> things are so upended that uh, I, I suspect that after this current session of Congress, and remember, Filing deadlines to run for re election extend well into the spring of next year. Yeah. Um, I bet you'll see, I, I would be surprised if you didn't see uh, a significant number of additional Republicans decide to step down.
0: John Nichols, read him at the nation.com and listen to the Next Left podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. John, thanks so much. Great to have you on the show.
1: Total pleasure. Thanks for
0: having me.